don't don't go look at the sun uh consult please consult your doctor before uh, obscurigami uh is not held responsible for any actions yeah that you may take regarding the sun we recommend that you uh avoid staring direct directly into the sun Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's the end of the. Did story. you know your your mom wrote in? No, I did not. She wrote into the email uh, to tell us that she enjoys listening to the podcast while she cleans the bathroom. Cool. She said it makes that process more pleasant. Um, hmm. And she also wanted to tell us that she's seen the movie that we talked about in the Attu Island episode. Uh, what that was filmed on Attu Island about bird watching. Oh. This yeah, is a problem. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, this is the problem with recording these. With we need to a, shorten our lag. Lead. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not working on that, but in my <laughs> mind. I, um, well, maybe if I take on some, I, I I might give you some files to edit. I've been thinking about doing that, so it's not a bad um, idea. What was the other thing? Oh, she also included a link in her email to this deadliest catch episode or a little bit where they went like to Attu Island or they were around it mm -hmm. um, I guess as a part of the Deadliest Catch episode hmm. so your mom's cool. listening in so. cool um, beaming live from the Obscurigami studio straight to your bathroom it's Ben and Thomas it's, it's Obscurigami brought to you by Obscurigami the podcast about <laughs> the podcast our sponsor this week is the Obscurigami podcast Ben, tell us a little bit about our sponsor. And yeah, our sponsor's been really great for us. Um, Obscurigami are these people that put out a podcast about obscure things. It's an audio journal uh, chronicling the journey of the hosts through the obscure, and it's a it's a great listen. Some Check have it out. some have described it as pointlessly educational. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, go check them out. Subscribe, give it a listen, and uh, let them know that we sent you. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, use promo code uh, GAMI at, uh, at checkout for an extra 100% off uh, your subscription. That's G-A-H-M-M-M-M-M-A-M-I. <laughs> GAMI. Thank you to our sponsors. That number again is 1-800-GAMI. <laughs> for supporting this week's episode of Obscure GAMI. So we're back. We are back. Were we gone? It's really? been it's been a while. You know, yeah, we're guess... coming we're coming up on a year of doing this show. Really? We might have already passed it. I don't know. It was <laughs> I think it was maybe October or November. It must have started. been, yeah. So That's kind of exciting. We're almost there. Yeah. It feels like an achievement of some sort. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. I think they send you a plaque. The podcast uh Did they also send you uh gingivitis? <laughs> As well as plaque. Um, do you want to tell people who you are? Uh, no. I will. Uh, the, that is my co-host Ben. They can't see that you're pointing. And I don't know who you're pointing at, Thomas. <laughs> and I am Thomas. And this is Obscurigami. Yep, we talk about obscure things, just like our sponsor. Yeah. We have a lot in common with our sponsor, which is great. Right. I think it makes the process of working with them easier. 
if you are an obscure sponsor and you want sponsorship on this show, uh, rates are at a historic low. <laughs> <laughs> we would happily take all 25 cents. Shoot us an email, uh, obscuregami <laughs> at gmail.com or info at obscuregami.com. One of those things, I don't know. One of those will get you there. Yeah. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the sun. The sun. Uh, soul, like... S- like... Uh, S-U-N? Like uh, soul. Right, soul. Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, our star in our solar system. Uh, traditionally revered over the centuries. Uh, plays a major role in a lot of religions. The sun has a lot of uh, documented health benefits. You could say uh, it's the star of a lot of religions. It is the star of a lot of religions. Uh, it plays a very, very central role in human mythology and and whatnot also it's well known for uh giving your body the boost it needs to produce more vitamin d yeah um produces hormones like melatonin and serotonin so the sun is a is a pretty cool thing why it a lot of people don't appreciate the kind of technology that we already have uh who it was set up by uh the aliens uh, God, who knows, but wireless vitamins is a technology that we've had for centuries now, right. thousands of years. It's true. Uh, and a lot of people just overlook that. That is something that is often overlooked. Well, obscure, one might say. Right, yeah. It might be uh, one of several potential subtopics that could come out of this yeah. episode. Sorry to derail your... Not a bit of it. Yeah. I think this whole podcast is sort of a derailing (laughs) of whatever it is that we were supposed to be doing. Yeah, and the process of making vitamin D is actually interesting because it's kind of like photosynthesis. But uh, one benefit, some of the benefits of the sun that aren't as well known are that uh, many believe that the sun can actually improve your vision and serve as a substitute for eating. Uh, this is all kind of rooted in a process known as sun gazing, which is the act of deliberately looking into the sun. Yeah, uh, which we all all know is uh, makes you instantly blind. Uh, as, right. Well, that's an eclipse. I'm sorry. If there was, if there was, if you heard, uh, there was an eclipse recently in the in the Western world, relatively speaking. Yeah. Um. And a lot of people were concerned about looking into the sun. And uh, so I, I thought I'd examine that topic a little bit deeper to see, well, you know, is looking into the sun really bad for you, as right. everybody says it yeah. is? Yeah. Or is that just a lie propagated by... By the government. By big eyesight, big, you know, by eyeglass mm-hmm. companies. Bosch and Lom. That they don't want you to know the secret to improved eyesight. Uh-huh. And really big food also because they don't yeah. want you to know the, the big pharma to sustenance. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear about this because it's very interesting. The improved eyesight one, I'm kind of like, mm, maybe not, but okay. I can see the logic, mm-hmm. but uh, as a source of dietary sustenance, that's a little bit more uh, feels a little more out there. Right. Well, that's rooted in Hinduism. There's this uh, idea that. The sun is a source of prana, which is life energy. Mm-hmm. 
um, is the source of energy for all life. So if you are consuming energy from the sun, either by being in the sun or by looking into the sun, you're consuming that energy. And um, the, the science, or some would say pseudoscience of sun gazing, involves looking directly into the sun so that uh, sunbeams travel through a retinal hypothalamic link to stimulate your pineal gland. Yes. Which is what produces uh, melatonin and serotonin. Right. So uh, sun gazing can potentially enlarge your pineal gland. Right. And give you a lot of benefits. Yeah. And they've done studies that actually have demonstrated this. The pineal gland, uh, interestingly, is kind of seems to be what's often represented by like the third eye in a lot of um, yeah religious artwork or... Um, there's this concept in a lot of cultures of like the third eye that's kind of yeah. in the center and it of your is, forehead. And it does connect directly to your eyes. Right. And that and that's also sort of the positioning of your pineal gland mm-hmm. when you're, if you were to look at the front of someone's face in kind of an x-ray. Uh, yeah. And now, the, uh... now, whether or not there's anything to that, we don't know because these people wouldn't have known right. the location right. of the pineal gland, gland when illustrating the third eye. But it is ironic that the pineal gland is what's stimulated, mm-hmm. and there's this concept of the third eye that kind of yeah. Any neuroscientists out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe the hypothalamus is the part of the brain that controls a lot of subconscious function, right? Like yeah. your your heartbeat and your lungs functioning and that kind of stuff. So great. So should I just run out and like stare at the sun or is well, there a special process? There, there is a recommended process most people go with. Uh, it is widely propagated by a yogi named HRM in the West. It stands for Hirorotan Manek. He is a uh, Indian gentleman, yogi. His method involves staring in increments of 10 seconds. So the first time you go out to look at the sun... Uh, you would stare for 10 seconds only. Right. Um, you would be barefoot so that your feet are touching earth. Right. Um, so you wouldn't do it on your patio. You would ideally have contact with Mother Earth. Right, right. Um, your eyes are pointed directly into the sun. And each day you progress by adding another 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. So you're like building up a... So you're building up a charge. Right. Also, it's ideal to do this at either sunrise or sunset. Right. Midday is probably not. Yeah, midday is, is not. Yeah. I suppose you could do it lying on your back. Right. But uh, generally, gurus seem to recommend... Sunrise or sunset. Sunrise or sunset. Might also, uh, might also have to do with the fact that that's when the sun is at its dimmest uh, for us. Uh, is when it's lower in the horizon. Possibly. So it would, it would actually be less painful and right more if you do it at sunrise um you there's definitely less atmospheric pollution right in the way of uh oh, that's a good point i didn't think of that in the way of your direct contact with the source of all life yeah 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 um and and if you're yeah if you're gonna stand you're right you might want to lay on your back if you were gonna do it at midday because if you stand right. there you know 10 seconds isn't too yeah. bad, but once you once you work up to a And I don't know what the implications of that are since right. you have to have barefoot contact with the earth. Yeah. If, you, if you're going to be lying on your back, if your back has to be exposed right. to the earth. 
also. Yeah. So mm. the implications of that are unclear. Um, wonder but, if you miss a day, if you have to reset and go back to 10 seconds and then build up again. There, there's, I saw some evidence or some discussion of that that we can get into. Okay. Fine. Um, but yeah, you start with 10 seconds and you ramp yourself up gradually in those, those increments. Um, and the, the maximum amount of time that you're supposed to do it is 44 minutes. Uh, no one knows why 44 minutes. That's supposedly the point at which your brain and body are fully charged by the sun. Um, and the idea is that as you do this, as a side effect of doing this, not the principal reason that you do this, um, most people are adamant. Uh, you will become less hungry, desiring less and less food, until you can practically sustain yourself without solid food because you are consuming sunlight right. and raw energy instead. You just you go out, you charge up, mm -hmm. and then you're good for the day. Right, right. So in increments of 10 seconds, because I was curious, it would take you 264 days to build up to 44 yeah, it's, minutes. Yeah, it's a process. For so, sure. that's there's a degree of commitment there. Yeah, around you, eight to ten months is what people right. estimate. Yeah. So around in that ball game. Wow, that's a, there's I mean, and you don't want to do that too quickly. Cause, well, there are there are some people who jumped in right at, at the, the deep, deep end, end doing five to ten minutes right away. Yeah, and then there was there's a case uh, of a gentleman who stopped for a while and then started again. Um, and ramped up what he had done in eight months in three months. So potentially there's room to, uh, there's some wiggle room there right. as far as like methodology. And I'm sure there's been plenty of methodologies out there. Yeah. That just seems to be the primary method that people prefer. Yeah. Well, ask your doctor about what speed of transition into full sun gazing might be right for you. Right. That's probably what I would recommend. Right. The, the alleged benefits of uh, sun gazing are pretty much unlimited. Some people have in claimed increased breast sizes. Oh, wow. Uh, weight loss. Yeah. Increased levels of energy. And as well as several spiritual benefits. There's some religious leaders who believe that uh, staring into the sun actually awakens spiritual faculties. And that if you stare into the sun, hidden mysteries of the Bible or other religious texts will become more clear right and you'll be able to understand these things more clearly so Ben is blindness one of these symptoms one of the benefits yeah <laughs> great question <laughs> so uh, as far as modern science goes one of the earliest practitioners of uh, sun gazing that I could find was a gentleman named Joseph Plateau who's a Belgian physicist and Joseph Plateau is more famous for inventing a device called the phenakistoscope. Phenakistoscope, which is one of the earliest motion picture technology devices. Basically a spinning disc with little images on it. Um, and there's a, a link to the, one of those working in the show notes. But uh, in addition to that work, he was very fascinated with motion and vision and the way the eye works. And he conducted an, an experiment where he stared into the sun for 25 seconds, relatively brief period of time. And later in life, he went blind and attributed it to that experiment. Uh, a lot of scientists believe 
that he went blind for other reasons. Right. But they generally support his conclusion that staring into the sun is a bad idea. Right. (laughs) After Joseph Plateau, there's uh, a famous guy named William Horatio Bates. Bates uh, had an alternative theory about how the eye focuses. Most the, the general thinking in Bates' day, which was the uh, the 1920s thereabouts, was when he was uh, proposing his alternative theories. The general thinking at that time was that the eye focuses by using a lens inside the eye, much the same way that a camera focuses. Right. So when you're adjusting to distance to objects that are far away or close away, um, objects that are close or far, that process is called accommodation. Your eye automatically pulling focus, if you right. will. The thinking in his day was that that process happened via a lens. Bates believed that it happened through the uh, muscles in the eye contracting or expanding. So he believed that a lot of uh, that glasses, for example, lenses, corrective vision techniques would actually inhibit your ability to see better. Right. And that an alternative method of therapy would be needed. Yeah. He believed that uh, things like tension or stress could lead to vision problems or myopia or also just physical strain. So your eyeballs could... uh, Basically, you just needed to relax or retrain the muscles in your eye and your vision problems, nearsightedness, farsightedness, whatever, would go away without the need for eyeglasses. Interesting. And he had uh, four techniques, one of which was palming, which is the act of covering your eyes with your palms for a long period of time. Yeah, I've done that before. It's an interesting process where you actually, some methods recommend you kind of like rub your hands together and and make your Mm -hmm. palms slightly warm. Mm -hmm. And you cup your eyes and you cover them and uh, you kind of imagine, uh, some techniques involve imagining a dot located at like the rear of your eyeball. Yeah, visualization. To focus on that. It it can be, it can, whether or not physically there's anything to it, psychologically it can be a very like relaxing thing. I've done it when I've had headaches or migraines or something like that and it can kind of release some of that tension in a way that like mm-hmm. breathing seems to do sometimes mm-hmm. at least there's definitely merit to if it. it's if it even if it's only a placebo psychological effect there's yeah. definitely something there that that seems to happen and it effect. definitely is more a psychological right approach um because some of his other methods including visualization which you were talking about a little bit um are things like eye movement and also staring into the sun right or sunning is what yeah. he called it um <laughs> Some of those obviously more credible than others. Yeah. But he, he had a, a fair degree of success with it. Published a book and uh, started a periodical kind of following his alternative medicine theory. Right. Um, and one of his most famous patients was Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World. Yes. Who had very poor vision. Yeah. And uh, believed that, that Bates had pretty much saved his eyes. Wow. So they were... Uh, very close in terms of a doctor-patient relationship. Yeah, yeah. So Bates advocated uh, gazing into the sun. However, his uh, his theory that the eye accommodates using uh, muscles rather than 
the muscles surrounding the eye rather right. than the lens within the eye has been uh it is generally believed to have been scientifically disproven i see he was rejected from several societies even though he uh several of his professional societies even though he continued to practice yeah um outside and still has followers today if you google the bates method you can find a lot of information about how to uh practice this yourself or to find a physician who can teach it to you and uh many people seem to have positive benefits from it just as people have positive benefits from gazing at the sun in general yeah um there's a wonderful documentary about sun gazing that uh, touches on a lot of this. It's called Eat the Sun. It came out in 2011, directed by a man named Peter Sorcher. And uh, it covers a lot of this in depth, follows a man uh, who started a website about sun gazing, goes on a journey to uh, to become a sun gazer in the... Uh, realm of hrm following hrm's teachings and it it tackles a lot of stuff he he goes in for exams and uh it's revealed that his eyes have actually been burned by this process of looking in the sun oh wow and most of the medical doctors interviewed in the documentary uh believe that staring into the sun is harmful yeah but he he suffers no symptoms from it um, at least not right away. Yeah. The documentary doesn't follow him through to his old age, but um, there he experiences and claims that he has no symptoms from these burns on his retina. It's somewhat controversial as mm-hmm. a practice. Yeah. Obviously, medical science is opposed to it. Right. Um, conspiracy theorists and alternative medicine enthusiasts say that it has tremendous physical as well as spiritual benefit. Right. Um, it has an ancient uh, history. It's been practiced by a lot of people both in the West and not in the West. Yeah. Yeah. Sun gazing. Wow. Hmm. I mean, there's definitely a certain... There's a certain ap- appeal to the idea uh, where, you know, if you kind of... If you're like, well, you know, my eye is a part of my body, mm-hmm. a, a lot of your body body can adapt and be built up or changed uh like you can build muscle you can gain or lose fat you can do all these things to train your body in various ways so the idea that you might be able to like build up say for instance maybe and maybe that what they're seeing in his eyes isn't so much burning as as it would be like some sort of callousing process that you might be able to Mm -hmm. obtain through like gradual increased exposure um right there wouldn't be there would if if those things were possible it would make sense that science so far wouldn't really know about them because what would right. be it, they would be difficult costly and dangerous yeah. uh experiments to run on humans mm-hmm. you ca- ha- you can't really do them with animals because you can't like force an animal to stare into the sun so you can't do like an animal trial and 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 for what you know for what reason because some you know mystical religions have claimed that there's some benefits like it's pretty easy to just say don't look at the sun it's bad for you Mm -hmm. and nobody really wants to look at the sun that much or most people don't 
So science isn't incredibly motivated to find out whether or not right. There's very looking at the sun is, is something we could do. You know, not to say that sun gazing is something we all need to do, and you know, science should find a way to determine whether or not it, it is legit. But if it if it if it was something we could do as humans and it had some kind of benefit, it would make a lot of sense that science just wouldn't know anything about that mm-hmm, benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the eye is a the eye is one of the more complex aspects of our body that is kind of difficult to understand. There's still mm-hmm. aspects of how it works that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an it's an interesting concept because it's it's yeah. it's one of those ideas that it's like well, in theory, in theory, it hasn't been disproven. Like there's there's not scientific evidence to suggest that it it works but there's also not hard fast scientific evidence to suggest that it's not in some way even if it's just something where like you could build up a tolerance to looking into the sun right and gain that capability well i i think the burns the, the burns are pretty from from what i understand the burns are pretty conclusively bad right um yeah they might not blind you per se um but they could lead to vision problems later in your life. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, definitely not ideal. As to whether or not that's some callus that we need to grow in order to move forward in our human evolution. Right. Yeah. That's another question. <laughs> um, the, the, the bigger question is what are the benefits of sun gazing credibly? Right. Because some of the claims are not documented very well. Yeah. HRM claimed that he did not eat between 1995 and 2008. Yeah. And he participated in various studies that seemed to support that. Um, the documentary uh, showed some photographs of him eating, um, seeming to disprove his claim. <laughs> um, yeah, the eating, the eating thing to me seems pretty out there. Now... Well... There's there was another gentleman who also claimed uh, super strength from sun right. gazing as well as his the rest of his healthy lifestyle. So you know the question becomes, what are the benefits and can you get the spiritual benefits from uh, staring at the sun some other way? Right. Um, so I've encountered this idea recently um, in some research. Uh, I was doing into some types of psychedelics. There's various theories. I think some of them have been discounted at this point. I don't know. But the one was discounted, but I think the general idea still stands as a possibility. But there is a theory that our, our bodies our bodies produce naturally some of the chemicals that are found in psychedelic drugs that people take, uh, such as DMT, um, is pro- is produced in the pineal gland and there are anecdotal theories by practitioners of sun gazing or meditation or certain types of yoga that there are ways which you can stimulate the release of that chemical from your pineal gland into your body and experience a sort of psychedelic experience without high without actually taking the drug because of those chemicals exist 
in your body. And sun gazing is one of those theorized methods that the stimulation of the pineal gland through gazing into the sun can stimulate the release of a some type of psychedelic chemical that could give you a, a sort of psychedelic experience. I, and I've read people claiming that this has happened to them on the internet. There's a lot of claims of addictive properties. One, a, an interesting method I came across was people who were espousing uh, meditation when the sun is low, that where you're looking into the sun with your eyelids closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently that, according to some people, is even enough to, to stimulate this. Now, hmm. what I think lends a lot of credence to this theory is some of the historic there's a lot of religions in which the sun has these mystical properties and sun gazing is this kind of this idea that exists in it's arisen independently in in a few different places mm-hmm. as something that can have spiritual benefit right. um, and a lot of people equate psychedelic experiences to religious or spiritual experiences so if for some reason sun gazing could invoke a sort of even light psychedelic experience it would explain a lot of the perceived spiritual benefits that people are claiming Mm -hmm. to get from from the practice again like almost entirely anecdotal Mm -hmm. um and i think there's been some studies that have seemed to discount the idea that DMT that's in your pineal gland can be released into your or that it's not produced there in the first place but for the most part it's a largely unstudied part of our biology yeah the brain is uh is still a great mystery we know very little about yeah how the brain works yeah an interesting an interesting part of science is it's very powerful it's a very powerful tool for learning about things but it only learns about things that it's motivated to learn about. Right. And it's like capitalism in that sense. Right. Yeah. If there's no if there's no incentive to study, you know, whether or not gazing into the sun can induce some sort of religious experience. Right. It's not gonna be studied and then mm-hmm. we just won't We'll just never know. Learn about those things except through what what we learn about, you know. Right. Uh, incidentally through studying other aspects of the brain or the right. eyes or other or through like alternative alternative sources other right. than science right other than yeah. hard science yeah don't don't go look at the sun uh <laughs> consult please consult your doctor before <laughs> obscurigami uh is not held responsible for any actions yeah that you may take regarding the sun we recommend that you uh avoid Staring direct, directly into the sun, we're, based on our research. We're not doctors. Do not go stare into the sun attempting to have a psychedelic experience. <laughs> this is all hearsay uh, <laughs> that, you know, exists on the internet. What so I would recommend take is Take no that, one's uh, word for it. What or I would recommend... Don't my word for it. Sorry. <laughs> one more time. Yeah, go for it. Not you. <laughs> No, I was just saying, don't take my word for it or the word of some rando on the internet, which is what I am to you, presumably. Right. I, I definitely recommend, if you're interested in this subject, to, that you check out the documentary Eat the Sun. It's a little bit hard to find, but uh, it's worth worth a watch for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go try to find that and watch it. I spent like an hour researching a guy 
that I didn't even talk about. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, 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 it's just so fascinating. And I mean, it plays a role in Native American culture, in like Eastern religions, but European religions too. There's a guy in the documentary who uh, uh, calls himself a Christian, a follower of Christ, and believes that, you know, that staring into the sun is part of his spiritual journey. Yeah. There's a Mormon in the documentary. Uh, it, it's just, it's one of those things that's, it seems like a, a wacky new age yeah. out there kind of philosophy, but it's actually broader than that. But it's also, it's very much a fringe idea. Right. That has never been very accepted. I'm always interested in these, these things where there's kind of folk knowledge or religious knowledge that gets discounted at some point. Mm-hmm. Like just just like the general idea that like oh the sun gives life or whatever mm-hmm. it's like okay at a certain point we're like eh that's just fooey like we we know now that that's not that the sun is like this power imbuing thing right but then it's like but then time goes on and we start to make more and more discoveries about things like how it helps us produce vitamin D mm-hmm. and and it kind of brings it back around in some ways. It's like, well, in some ways, yes, the sun does life. Well, and in a very literal sense, the life, mm-hmm. the sun is providing life to the earth and is fueling things, trees and all these things. Yeah. And and I came across an interview with a scientist who, uh, who said that things like trees and various elements in the natural world are literally made from chemicals that we find in the sun. Right. Yeah. So theory of evolution, the elements that make up the earth actually came out of the sun. Interesting. Yeah. And it's it's just interesting to see these ways where it's like a lot of a lot of this knowledge sometimes existed for like thousands of years in religious tradition or just folk tradition. And then, you know, we've only discounted it in the last 200, mm-hmm. 300 since the industrial years revolution or something like that. And then through our process of uh, the scientific method, we sort of rediscover some of those things in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, and the original ideas might not be entirely correct, but there's sometimes some sublent, there's, there's something there yeah, that... An element of truth. That, which makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. to a certain extent, it's like, how would of these ideas... Uh, survived for so many thousands of years within a religious tradition or something if there wasn't some grain of like yeah you know truth there and with something like sun gazing maybe the sun itself maybe looking into the sun itself doesn't really do that much for you but just the practice of basically meditating or Mm -hmm. like stopping everything you're doing and just focusing on a thing for 10 seconds every day Mm -hmm. like if you did a scientific trial where instead of looking at the sun you just had somebody stare at like a light in their you know a lamp in their room for 10 seconds Mm -hmm. a dish you know and slowly ramped it up to 45 minutes a day you might see some sort of positive effect from that just from the the psychological process of like focusing and from the act of meditating basically yeah and so it's it's interesting to see these kinds of things and like especially when you take into account the placebo effect and right w- how beliefs affect 
things physical effect on us yeah you know who knows what these people who knows what physical benefits these people might be getting from practice like this yeah. just from the placebo effect just from believing their belief that it has a positive effect yeah that's that's definitely the the big theme of peter sorcher's film is beliefs and belief systems and yeah. how does you know how does just the act of believing something impact you and how thin is the line between believing something that most of us would consider kind of crazy or out there right and believing things that a great many people believe yeah wow good topic i was pretty excited Let's when see. i when i found this one this one brought to you by the science religion and philosophy department here at, at obscure gami hq yeah i feel like this is a new one too we've kind of delved into a corner that we haven't really explored too much yet mm-hmm. so we've done some history we've done some media we've done some we've done a little bit of medical we've done a little bit of medical science mm-hmm. kind of stuff we've done like conspiracy uh Mm-hmm. Which is similar, I guess. The alien abduction insurance. Kind yeah, it's of sort of. Is. This episode is sort of a cross between alien abduction and uh, um, cockroach milk. Yeah, if okay. you will. As you all know, we like to wrap up this show by uh, just finding... stop right there. We just like to wrap up the show. Yeah, we we <laughs> like to wrap up this show. Usually, by the time we're done recording, it's it's a big relief. Uh huh. We're like ugh. Sometimes we're so anxious to wrap up that we do it before we've recorded the episode. Yeah. Really, the truth is we don't enjoy doing this at all. We're only doing it for <laughs> the fans. For the for glory, power, money. Yeah. All fame. those usual non-altruistic motivations that exist in humans. And because of that, we've determined that the most popular segment, what the people really want on this show, is for us to read a random Wikipedia article to them. Tell me about this segment of the show, Thomas. So during this segment of the show, we just we go to Wikipedia and we hit random article and then we kind of just like talk about it. Or... And then we proceed to mispronounce things yeah, for usually, about 10 minutes. Yeah, It's terrible. I don't know why we still do this. I don't know why we do this. It's tradition at, at this point. Uh, if, maybe somebody out there likes it. Right, yeah. You know, Maybe there's somebody in Des Moines who's lonely yeah, and they listen to our podcast and this is their favorite segment. Who knows? We can't cut it. We now. can't cut it. And Those pl- people plus, need us. Plus it's tradition. <laughs> so we've got a nice little stub here uh, today. Okay. This you is, you push the button. I push the button and we've got Bear Creek in parentheses Yellow River. Uh, mm. Bear Creek, also known as Bear Hollow Creek, is a three point a six point three mile long uh, tributary of the Yellow River of Iowa, originating in Jefferson Township near Rossville, in Alamaki County. It parallels Alamaki County Road X twenty six Roseville Mo Monona Road. It enters the Yellow River near. Volney, approximately where the state of Iowa maintains the Yellow River Valley Canoe and Heritage Trail in Alamaki County. Mm. And that is the entire article. Wow. This article related to a river in Iowa is a stub. You can help Wikipedia by expanding it. Anything noteworthy ever happen at this creek that we know of? Uh, let's Any historical battles? Bear Creek. 
Yellow River. Let's give it at the old Google. Um, there's some cabins for rent. Mm, it looks very scenic. Your kind of classical mountain stream. Are they decently priced? Maybe we could have an Obscurigami retreat. Oh, that's a great idea. That's fantastic. Yeah, let's see. Where we retreat uh, from the hordes of angry podcast listeners. Uh, the upper level includes jacuzzi, hot tub, two-sided gas fireplace, queen-size bed, loft area with bunk beds, double bottom, single top, queen sofa bed, kitchenette, microwave, mini fridge, sink, coffee, George Foreman grill, deck spanning the length of the cabin for only $110 per night. That is you can ridiculous. add on the lower level, which includes a claw foot tub, two-sided glass gas fireplace, queen-size bed, queen sofa bed, kitchenette, microwave, mini refrigerator, sink, coffee, George Foreman grill, and large limestone patio for only an additional $75 per night. There's, so wait, you, you would live in just the upper level? Yeah, it's... It, this. It, would there be somebody else living below you or well i don't know it, it seems like the this lower is level is only an add-on available right. it right. doesn't seem like you can rent just the lower level right. so maybe maybe it's like this they like lock it off so if somebody only wants to rent the upper level uh -huh. they don't have to clean and maintain and change the bedspreads and everything on the lower level if you only right. rent the upper level even if someone's not staying there but then if you want it for an extra 75 dollars a night you can add it on hmm there's no smoking and no pets. Darn. Go to www.bearcreek-cabins.com slash reserve.htm. Free advertising. So that's actually a decent price. Uh, no, that's a great For price. all those amenities you get. With a I think we could totally have a retreat there. A jacuzzi tub. Let's see. Let's see if there's some photos here. Oh, look at, the, look at this. Ooh, that's fancy. Head to Bear Creek on your next uh, wilderness vacation. For your next sun, uh, sun gazing Expedition. Sun staring retreat. If anyone's listening and they've stared into the sun and they want to report back on whether or not they're blind, mm -hmm. uh, whether or not they've started a new religion. Uh, Write in and tell us. You can find our contact information at obscuragami.com. Send us an email, mm -hmm. info at obscuragami.com. Check out the show notes. They're up there. Show notes are there. You can subscribe. Uh, subscribe to this podcast all that good stuff um you can also check it out on youtube because that's your preferred way to check out a podcast there's some great artwork up there by the legendary matthew flight someone who's gotten to this point is already listening to it unless they're they're the strange case where they're on the website yeah. and they're listening to it on the website and they somehow right. just don't know about things i've like listened to podcasts that itunes way. i have too I, uh, do you, I know about itunes though. do you know about huff duffer I don't. So HuffDuffer is this great tool. You sign up for an account, HuffDuffer.com, I think. If you Google HuffDuffer, you'll find it. What it does is it creates a personal RSS feed for you. Oh, yeah. That you subscribe to in your podcast client. Nice. And then when you come across a you know random episode of a podcast while you're browsing the web or an audio file or something that you want to listen to, mm -hmm. there's you get a little bookmarklet and you just click add to HuffDuffer. Is it a Chrome extension? Um, no, it's just a, like a JavaScript bookmarklet hmm. that you put in your bookmarks bar. Nice. And you just click Add to HuffDuffer, and it finds the, the audio file on the web page and adds it to your RSS feed, and mm -hmm. then it gets downloaded into wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, Nice. You can just listen to it. I might cut that out, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>